0: Viking hot takes. The Minnesota Vikings are two and one after a last-minute win against the division rival Detroit Lions, heading to London next. Matt Anderson joining me today. Matt, you ready to spit some hot takes?
1: I am ready. Flip. Let's do this.
2: All right, light it up. Let's roll it. What's your take? Let's go a Viking on Viking hot takes. (laughs) Look at this
0: chat going. I'm not stuck in traffic, y'all. I'm here for six questions, 20 minutes. Vikings hot takes. Matt, this is going to move fast. So if you have any comments not related to the questions, this is your chance
1: know, I'm just excited. I, I'm I'm usually not on this side. I'm hosting uh, the show on Wednesdays, so uh, I'll be ready to move with you, Flip. I'll follow you step for step.
0: All right. Well, let's see what happens. Thank you, Ryan, for your take. I am dope. And uh, <laughs> let's let's just do it. Let's get the time on the clock and start with our first question, Matt. I'm going to go first. Okay. I'm asking you question number one. Did the Vikings get a good win against the Detroit, or did they avoid a bad loss? You can only pick you know,
1: one. I you know, I I thought really hard about this question uh when you sent it over yesterday. And I, I'm really torn, but I think it's a good win. And and let me explain why. Um This is not the Detroit Lions of old. Uh they play their opponents really tough. I think I saw or heard a statistic that they they lost, the, the last seven games they've lost have been within like four points. So this is not like the Detroit Lions that we're used to. They're going to play us pretty hard. Um, and so I do think people expected us to win, but knowing where this team is today, I don't really think that it would have been considered a bad loss, um, especially because I think expectations are probably a little bit too high on the Vikings, if, if you have a realistic, you know, view of mm. what's going to happen this season. Um, so I say it's a good win because they rallied against adversity. You know, Kevin O'Connell's favorite saying right now is adversity and culture. But they they rallied um, and and they overcame a physical Detroit Lions team. And I think now they know what to expect next time they play them. So I, I, I'm i going to settle on, on a good win.
0: All right. Well, if you're in the comments, whether you agree with Matt or not, we want to hear your takes on this question as well. So, Matt, I'm going to ask you, this is my surprise question. If you think this is a good win, then what is your record prediction for the Detroit Lions?
1: You know, I think they probably finish around 500. Um, Okay.
0: Eight and nine or nine and
1: eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in in that range, um, maybe give or take a few games. Okay, that 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 would be my expectation.
0: I agree with that. I think what pushes it to the good win category for me is that the defense, you know, the Vikings' defense by any means is not great, but they're twenty fifth in DVOA, but they really found a way just to do enough to hold Detroit to 24 points after a pretty rough start to that game. And 24 points is the least amount of points that the Lions have scored in their first three games this season. So they were able to take a weakness and basically, you know, manage the Lions, control the Lions. Now, there was an iffy, so there were some iffy fourth down decisions there at the end. If you ask me, the fact that Detroit had to go for it on fourth down so much just proves that the Vikings defense actually, you know, kind of did their job. Two weeks, two days later, that's how I'm feeling about it. So I'm going to call it a good win, too. We agree. That's not as fun. But we have five (laughs) other chances to disagree. Why don't you ask your question?
1: Yes. Yes. My question. Can you throw it? Which one's first, Dave? Can you throw it on the screen? There it is. uh is the offensive line no longer an issue for this team?
0: um wow three, three
1: I know games three in, games and I'm asking for you
0: <laughs> look look at us already living the dream like the a- offensive line just like has promise potential for once. It's not a disaster you know we're not we're not starting Rashad Hill. There's no mentions of TJ Clemmings. I don't even know why I'm bringing up these names anymore. <laughs> but <no. laughs> we've come a long way once you start thinking about some of the old names on that list. I think Absolutely. how I look at this is, number one, I'm going to shoot you straight. I don't really care about this guard play right now. Everybody says Ezra Cleveland has been playing solid. Whatever. Everybody's pumped up about Ed Ingram. Ed Ingram. He's still having some rookie issues there. Whatever, it's it's whatever. That's not what we're really talking about. As our friend Miles Gorham says, and he's been saying this for years, the offensive line is most dependent on your two tackles, your left tackle, your right tackle, and the center. And when you look at those three positions, I think that that is the strongest the Vikings have been there in years, I'm st- I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a slight issue because we have a quarterback who is highly dependent on elite offensive line play. I'm I don't know if we have elite offensive line play right now, but we have just an amazing year so far from Brian O'Neill. Really promising start to Christian Darius' first full season, and then Garrett Bradbury, the center. Y'all, I don't know. Who he got this Kool-Aid from, I think <laughs> Kirk pulled this guy aside and told, told Garrett Bradbury, he was like, look, Garrett, you're in a contract year right now. And Kirk Cousins is the literally the best contract year player in the NFL. So Garrett Bradbury is putting it all together for this contract year. He's holding it down right now. That is based on a lot of PFF grades and the pressure numbers which I haven't looked up, but it was nice to see them slow Detroit down, the the Detroit defensive line down. Aiden Hutchinson didn't get anything. Um, My one caveat here, and why I'm saying that it's still an issue for me, is there is a lot of max protect right now. There's a lot of tight end chipping. There are a lot of two tight end sets. There's a lot of fullbacks. There's a lot of plays being called with only three receivers running the route. And if they're having to do that, that doesn't translate to the PFF grades. For me, I would like to see them hold their own when we're sending four or five receivers into the route. And that's the type of stuff that we didn't see get accomplished during the Philadelphia Eagles. So it is still an issue. It's just three weeks. Hopefully we can go from there. What do you think?
1: I don't think it's an issue anymore. I, th- I think that. Ah. You know, in- well 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 wait, 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 so the reason I don't think it's an issue anymore is you find you have you have two bookend tackles finally, and two promising starting guards and as you pointed out, Garrett Bradbury is playing a lot better this season now, whether or not that's because of the guard play, Dalvin Cook coming in to help on on some you know blitz pickups, whatever is the case. I think the the offensive line isn't an issue for us to be concerned about where in the past it was a liability.
0: So you're comfortable with them, you know, Johnny Munt off the field, no more Ben Ellison. You want you want the Vikings to go four wide because you trust the offensive line.
1: Well, I mean, I did see Johnny Munt hand Aiden Hutchinson his ass on uh, on Sunday. So I would like if he's out on the field a few more plays a game if he's going to do that. But no, I, I would feel comfortable going four wide and, and letting the five offensive linemen do their thing
0: all right. all right well we're seven days from the Eagles game and eight days from the Eagles <laughs> game in the offensive line. <laughs> let's go to the next question Dalvin Cook shoulder injury fumbled all those things have been said in the same sentence before how many weeks should they rest Dalvin Cook
1: you know speaking of players playing in contract years Alexander Madison threw three games this year has looked great honestly I think Uh, his vision is is way better than I've seen in the past Um, he's playing with with a level of anger I mean him breaking those tackles down at the goal line on Sunday versus the Lions just Mm -hmm. plowing his way into the end zone like who is this kid like I have not seen that type of Alexander Madison since probably like early on in his career here so I am fine with Dalvin Cook taking as much time as he needs. I saw what what the backup running backs did in preseason, and granted, preseason is preseason, take it with a grain of salt. But I'm fine uh, with Madison leading the charge until Cook is ready to go because what I do not want to happen, it was exactly what happened in Sunday's game, is this pain goes through Dalvin Cook's body. He drops the ball. You know, luckily we were able to overcome that this Sunday, but there might be a game this season where we're not able to overcome that. And I don't want Dalvin out there if that's the the risk, right? Oh, we finally got a mm. chance to get back in this game. Dalvin Cook left side. Someone hits him awkwardly and then, you know, he's hurt. And then we have to see him sit on the ground. And you know, Dalvin, take your time. I think, I think we're going to be okay, especially with the games coming up. The Saints, the Bears. Mm -hmm. just just chill just chill we'll be good
0: so i'm gonna say i I agree with all that they need to rest alvin cook 14 weeks 14 (laughs) weeks i don't it's not even about i mean basically if they don't make the playoffs sure trade him i mean alex madison was that good and i have full faith And Tyson Chandler and Kenny Wongu. We don't need this um, half-half strength Dalvin Cook center of the offense approach that we've seen it before. We've seen them trot Dalvin out there before. It's too early. They don't just trot him out there. He's a focal point of the game plan, and then we end up Dalvin. You know, has a nineteen carry, sixty yard game. Vikings lose. I don't need that anymore. Either he's a focal point of the offense or you just got to rest him until he can be that focal point again. And it wouldn't hurt to develop trust with some of these other running backs. 14 weeks, Dalvin Cook can take as much time as he needs and will be okay. Rest Dalvin for 3 months. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> All right. I, you know yeah. best, man. I, I'll 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 go with you then, but I thought I don't think it's going to take 14 weeks for him to come. man's
0: agree. <laughs> Old man cook. That's what they're calling him.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. All right. Well, my second question for you here, Flip. Uh, what do you think about Kevin O'Connell's play calling so far through three games?
0: Yeah, you know, we, we talked about this a little on the post-game show. I think Kevin O'Connell has done a great job of designing plays for every player he has on his team on this offense. That is not the question. The, the question is, what do you think about Kevin O'Connell's play designs? The question is, what do you think about Kevin O'Connell's play calling? And it's a little too much of kin to candy store. It's a little too cute for me where I want to see him have games where he's featuring people. Like he featured Dalvin cook this last game. he, didn't really open it up for Adam Thielen and and KJ Osborne until the second half. So I would like to see him figure out, you know, look at a defense during the week, figure out a game plan and figure out which of his weapons should be primary attackers for that week. And I still haven't seen that yet. It looks like we have pretty much the same game plan or the same play calling for all three games. The only exception was in week two where... He decided that he didn't want to run the ball anymore. But now that Dalvin Cook is out, you know, I want again, I want to see I want to know by the second quarter who this game plan is featuring every week from here on out. So I'd give him like a B minus.
1: Okay, I think that's a fair, a fair grade thus far. Yeah. What about you? Um. You know, I I think it's been okay. I think I think I mentioned this on Sunday too. fans need to just kind of realize that Kevin O'Connell is working through through this, you know, as a first time uh, play caller himself. So there's going to be some kinks for sure that he's got to got to figure out. I think the Eagles game was a perfect example of it. That's
0: Um, not not what they told us. That's not what they told us. They told us this offense was going to be better.
1: Right. Just because He
0: was in the building.
1: Right, and I I don't disagree with that. I mean, I I am expecting more, but I think through three games, I can can be okay with it. Now, let's revisit this in three weeks, and if it's still the same thing, then then I think we have an issue.
0: Yeah. All right, final questions. Two questions left. I'm going to ask, Matt, why does 2022 feel so much like 2018?
1: Well, so... I saw this question, and I probably should have just messaged you, but I, I figured I'd get your thoughts uh, on here. What is—is is there like a certain aspect about the this team that makes it feel like 2018? Because I'm having a hard time drawing comparisons, other than the fact that because I, I feel like the the expectations were really high in 2018 uh, with Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins coming into the building, and I I don't feel like the expectations should be super high this year. So that part for me is gone. Um, the defense is quite different than what it was in 2018. I think everybody's kind of kind of hitting their prime there. Maybe coming down the hill a little bit when you think about people like Xavier Rhodes and whatnot back then. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time seeing the comparison. So you just so,
0: you disagree with the question in general. You don't think it feels yeah. like
1: 2018. Yeah, so I, here's my re- Yeah, go ahead. Here's
0: here's why I feel think it feels like 2018. Uh the defense is overrated. I think this defense is overrated, and we're starting to see pretty, you know, it it started with a pretty fearful look at this defense, like, whoa, we may need some things here um on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe this just isn't that 2015, 2017 type defense that we had. Number mm-hmm. two new play caller in town who was promised immediate success. And we've seen up and down, you know, we haven't seen that all put together right away. Okay, I think that we're still at the point. We just talked about last question that play calling could go either way. Kirk cousins doesn't look remarkably better. And I don't see us using our best weapons on the offensive side of the ball. So 2018, you know, we started one, two, and one. Um, with it should have that should have been a two and two start, except mm-hmm. for you know your boy Dan Carlson missed those field goals in <laughs> overtime. For hmm. me to move away from this 2018 comparison, it's pretty easy. They just got to beat the Saints on Sunday. Yeah, I,
1: th- and, I think that's yeah. that's fair and and now that you laid it out there i, I can see the the comparison um i still i still i think it's the new head coach thing for me which is making it feel a little bit different i think that's it's all about the expectations but uh as far as like when you when you compare the the play callers of d flippo and, and kevin o'connell who are supposed to come in here and be these uh you know masterminds so to speak um in through 3 weeks we have not seen that um yeah
0: Hey, we did, <laughs> we did not know the defense would be bad. I see y'all in the comments. Come on. Talking up Zadarius Smith, talking up Daniil Hunter's return, talking up Ryan's pushing you know, us here. Hey. Hey. Uh, yeah, we don't got time for this Ryan. Let's go to the next question.
1: Well, you kind of already answered this question, uh, but <laughs> can we be optimistic about the Vikings defense? And you kind of put them on blast in the last question, but uh, I'm curious to see your your thoughts.
0: Uh, I think we can be. So right now, the Vikings offense it, or Vikings defense is 25th in the league in DVOA. Uh, they have an incredibly easy matchup in London. The Saints are basically the worst offense that we're going to have played. And they're the best defense. So not, I don't I don't think we can be optimistic about this Vikings defense until I get some real a real look at Andrew Booth and Louis. Patrick Peterson doesn't look like he's gonna have the speed that it takes to keep up with these wide receivers. Eric Kendricks looks great, Jordan Hicks holding his own. But the rest of the secondary is a mess, and I need to not Hunter to be dominant. I need Zadarius Smith to be dominant. I need the play calling to rely on and work through more of those players, more of our front seven, more of you know not just the run game but really the pass rush that was so mm-hmm. terrible last year. And everybody said, "Look, it's because Daniil Hunter was out. It's because we had." D.J. Wanham and Everson Griffin for one game and just scrubs that defensive line. Well, now we have premium players and we still have the same results. Jared Goff clean pockets all day. Jalen Hurts clean pockets. We got medium, medium to average quarterbacks completing eighty percent of their passes through <laughs> three quarters. So, so what's going to happen when we're going against you know? Uh, non-pouty Aaron Rodgers what's going to happen when we're going against two in that Miami Dolphins offense they're on the schedule Josh Allen is on the schedule we've got a lot of actual quarterbacks to play and I'm worried I'm going to go into those games scared I'm not going to go into those games optimistic like we're going to be able to shut those guys down we can't be
1: optimistic (laughs) I, I, I agree with you I think uh when you take a look here at at, at the at the Vikings defense, what scares me the most is the the lack of speed on that team or on that side of the ball. Um, they're getting roasted in in a lot of you know one on one matchups with the wide receivers. So I think there's potential, uh, but Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith definitely for me need to step up. So optimistic, no, serviceable, probably.
0: Yeah, and it's the opposite of the contract to your guys on the offense. Like these guys. <laughs> They don't play well. They don't play well. We're going to have to rebuild the whole defense. There it is. Matt, it's early in the week. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Ryan, G-Mac, Deshaun. Too evil to hope. Wow, that's a good one. We've enjoyed <laughs> having you all. We'll be here next week after the line, after the London game. But first, I want to know, Matt, what's your too early prediction? Vikings Mike. versus Saints in London.
1: Mike. Well, you we know I, in that I,
0: game,
1: well, I guess I'll give my prediction tonight instead of tomorrow, but uh, I do have us winning on on sunday um three and one i I do think it's three and one. I'm waiting for the offensive explosion, and maybe it happens over there i I don't know, but um i i just i just wanna see a dynamic offense I don't even care if the final score is like forty two to forty i like if we give up a shit ton I of points, I don't, I don't care. I just want to see this offense be electric because that was what we were told we were getting, and we haven't seen it. Are we beating the Bears? <laughs> we, we should. Die. We should. Is that at home?
0: It's at home.
1: Yeah. So You, ha- you say- have
0: us four and one. Yeah. Go into Miami.
1: Well, there's a loss.
0: Donnie, I Miami. see you,
1: man. Of course, I'm gonna give you love. No, you're, you're 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 scared of Miami. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you be? I just talked about our slow defense. They got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill over there. Jesus, you're gonna have to be putting Harrison Smith and and Cam Bynum them like 30 yards back just to make sure they don't go deep on you. That's even a still, they might get outrun.
0: Day. That's an, that's a problem for another day. I'll tell you about today's problems. Is uh is uh my lovely wife. Told me that she might be an Eagles fan after watching us get crushed, oh, man. <laughs> and 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 picking them in Survivor Week Three. So we got to win some of these games, boys, because I can't be living in that type of household. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> we'll see what's going cool here. Thanks for joining, real. Dave. What, Dave? What you got coming next?
2: Uh, since today's Tuesday, and we've had a marvelous Viking hot takes. Thank you, Matt, for guesting on this. And replacement of Eric, who is flapping his arms real hard right now as he flies over to England to report on the game live for Daily Norseman. He'll be back next week with his own very own hot takes. So it should be good. But tomorrow night, we have Vikings Happy Hour. Your host, is right above. Mr. Matt there. Matt, what have we got going on for tomorrow night? Well, tomorrow
1: night, we have Matthew Collar of Purple Insider joining us to talk about the Lions-Vikings game on Sunday. And if there is enough time, we'll be uh, previewing the Saints and Vikings this Sunday in London. So it should be a
2: very fun show. Yeah, we all love Matthew. He's not a polarizing right. figure whatsoever on Twitter and in Vikings <laughs> will you ask
0: Will you ask him uh, this question that we have in the chat? Ask him how the heck we're going to draft our franchise QB with such a bad pick.
2: Okay. Yeah. And the answer More is trades. But anyways. That's, That's a long-winded
0: way of saying, are the Vikings too good right now? We're two in one and we're already worried
1: <laughs> that we're mm-hmm. too good. It's I better than wanna, being – go ahead,
2: Dave. I was going to say, I want to reiterate, reiterate what g Max says. Hit the like button. Subscribe. It helps. Share this with your friends. Say, so, hey, it was a great show. You guys got to watch. Got to watch the network. They've got great shows across the board, whether it be Monday with Tyler, Tuesday with Flip, and usually Eric, Wednesday with Matt and Ryan, and whoever they have on, Miles is every other week. You have a good time. They have guests. Then you have me, the old man, with Darren <sighs> as your two old bloggers. And we do our pregame show. And then, of course, after the game, we have the final score, which all three of us are regulars on that, along with Jason Brown, the man of renown. And we also sometimes pull in other Climbing the Pocket personalities in to talk about the game we just watched, we do that at the two-minute mark, and uh, it's always fun. We are—we may not be the best post-game show, but we're the first post-game show that's on. Now we're the
0: best. We're the best post-game show. We're—we're yeah. we're the post-game we you, show joining. that told everyone we're going four and one into the Miami game. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah. with that. That's what matters. <laughs> winning is all that matters. I Culture adversity winning.
1: Buzzwords. Minnesota
0: Vikings football in 2022.
2: You got it.
1: Don't forget yeah. collaboration.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey guys, what do we say? Skull Vikes. Skull Vikings!